0: Welcome to the Crazy Love Podcast. Well, the new year is well underway, and many of us have set some goals or made some resolutions for things that we want to see happen in 2023. But as Francis teaches in today's episode, the new year is a wonderful time to take a step back from your life and ask yourself, am I living with a reverence for God? Am I willing to obey whatever he's speaking to me this year through his word? Like Paul instructed in the book of Philippians, we pray that this teaching encourages you to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For a lot of us, we like new starts, right? I I love to start over. I love screwing something up and then go, okay, but I could start over now, you know? And going, okay, at this point forward, I'm I'm not gonna mess it up this time. I love starting over and and I've been praying because I'm thinking, you know what? This is the week where some of you will make some decisions that will actually stick. This is the week where you, re- you evaluate and go, man, I thought I was going to do this and this and this, and now suddenly a year has passed already. And I never got to it. I never got there. And we do this again and again in our relationship with God. But every once in a while, there are people who say, you know what? That's it. That's it. I'm not going to have another year like this. This is the end of it. I refuse. I refuse to do that over again. And maybe others of you, your walk with the Lord has been really good. And you're going, man, are you kidding me? I'm a new person. I'm a new creation. Right on. Keep on in that journey. But there's others of you that you know, you know what? This is it it's it's time for the change it's time for the next step it's time for something different to break out and so i've been praying for you and and this week has been so good for me because i it's one of the most restful weeks i've had all year and it's actually given me some time to think and think about life and think about direction and this passage i tell you has had such an impact on me these next I I had a whole sermon you know put together you know for about 15 verses or so in last service we got into the first two verses and we got so into it it was like you know what let's just let's just stick with these two verses and call it a day because it is so heavy it is so deep it is so wonderful what God says what Paul says here in Philippians 2 verse 12 he says therefore my beloved remember what Paul has just spoken about. We've been talking about this for the last few weeks, so you should remember it. Philippians 2, verses 5 through 11, right before this, is what we talked about at the Christmas service last week, about God, Jesus not holding on to this Godhood, not considering equality with God, something to be grasped, but how he emptied himself and he made himself nothing. He took a form of a servant. He came down on the earth. That's that's what we celebrate at Christmas. But not only did he make himself nothing, he took this form of servant where he's washing the disciples feet eventually he submits himself to death even death on a cross where he's tortured for your sake dying for your sin and then in verse 9 it says therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father And so we just look at that. And then so Paul says, therefore, in light of that, in light of what Jesus did, he goes, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. He's saying Jesus was the example for us, like I talked about on Christmas, because he modeled that type of humble obedience. Remember Jesus in the garden? Remember Jesus, before he was gonna be crucified, he's praying to the Father, and he's so intense that blood is literally coming out from, from his skin, just from the intensity of his prayer, going, God, is there any other way? Is there any other way? Is there any other way? But, but not my will, but yours be done. Here, he clearly, in, 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 it's hard to explain, like, okay, how there's a sense of Jesus wasn't going, okay, good, I get to go to the cross today. Absolutely, there was a sense in which, you no, know, for the joy set before him, he went to the cross, but there's also other side of, I don't wanna go through this. Is there any other way, Father? But then ultimately goes, no, but not my will. You've got a bigger plan. Your, your will is more important than mine. What, what do you want me to do? If there's any other way, take this cup from me, but I'm not shying away from what you're calling me to do. And now Paul's saying, you know what? Jesus did that, and now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's got the name above every name. He's gonna come back one day, and everyone's gonna bow to him. He goes, in light of that, therefore, we need to obey, even through those difficult situations. We gotta obey. Paul says, not because I'm here as your pastor leading you, telling you to obey. He goes, I'm in prison, and I'm telling you you need to obey even more so now. But he, he says an interesting thing. He says, Work out. He goes, he goes, So now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What, what does he mean here? Work out your own salvation. Have you ever noticed that phrase? Work out your salvation. Work out your own salvation. Make sure you understand it does not say work for your own salvation. That's not the words he uses here. He says work out your salvation. Here's a problem. I don't know when it started in church history, but at some point in time, someone taught That salvation was about a one-time act where you pray a prayer ask Jesus into your life and then you just when you die you go to heaven and that's salvation and that's it and for so many believers across our country that's all they know about salvation but I gotta ask you something would you ever come to that conclusion by reading the Bible would you read the Bible cover to cover and go I got it I'm supposed to pray a prayer and then I go to heaven when I die there's no way there's no way now I agree salvation does come at a point in time there is a moment when your eyes are opened there's a moment when your eyes are open and you recognize there is a point in time when you recognize wow I've really sinned against this God I really do deserve his punishment and and I I understand now that he had his son punished for me and there is that moment in time when your eyes are open you go okay so I want to follow this God I want him in my life there is that moment when you actually are saved, but salvation, but then the rest of your life is you working out this salvation. See, there is a moment in time when your eyes are open to what Christ did, but what the Bible teaches is that God keeps your eyes open to what Christ does in your life now. And, and it's true that there, there was a moment in time when you made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, but then the rest of your life is about you actually following Jesus Christ. There was no such thing in the Bible about these people who would make a decision to follow Jesus, and then their lives were no different. When you decided to follow Jesus, you acted out upon that decision. This, this commitment, this, this time or this point of decision really wasn't the big deal. The big deal was, wow, it really, it really happened. I could make a decision this year to work out. I can make a decision. I've decided to work out every morning in 2009. Yeah, at the moment in time, I made that decision, but all of 2009, I'll show if I was serious about that or not. I mean, when you read the scriptures, don't you see that there have always been since the beginning of time, people who followed God and people who did not? That's what it's about. It's about at a moment in time, having your eyes open to what Jesus did for you on the cross and asking that Holy Spirit to come into you. And then when he comes into you, he empowers you to live out, to work out your salvation. It's this outworking of it. It's this that the word work out is a word that they would use um, like when they would mine, you know, the, in mining, it's this idea of let's, let's mine this, whatever you call it, mountain or I've never mined. Um, but, but you, you know, it's this whole idea of to, to work it out means you get every single jewel out of this place. Let's work this thing. Let's work this thing and get everything we can out of it. In the same way, that's the same phrase that's used here. Now you work out your salvation. You're not saved just so that you, you are forgiven and you go to heaven. You're saved. You're saved daily. It's a sense in which God saves me today from the ways of the world. He saves me today from my own selfishness. And I want him to work this out. Show me everything there is in being your child. Show me everything, I, all the benefits of being your child, all the power that's available to me, all the self-control that's available to me, all the peace that's available to me, all the joy. I wanna mind this thing, I wanna work this out, I wanna keep growing, growing, growing in this salvation. It's this idea of salvation is not about just this one time act. That's a starting point in the rest of your life is about working out this salvation. And showing that, you know what, that decision you made wasn't just this, oh yeah, I raised my hand at this place. Yeah, I prayed this prayer. No, it's I made a decision and I followed through with it. The Holy Spirit really did come into me and I'm a different person now. And in fact, I'm a different person than I was in in 07. It's just been different, different, different every year. And Paul's telling these people, and I love this phrase, okay, work out your own salvation and I got to ask you, are you sure that your salvation is really your own? In other words, I know some of you come here with family members. Some of your kids are here with your parents. Some of you grew up in church. Some of you are here because your spouse brought you. And he or she's the religious one. Some of you here because your kids brought you. And they're so into Jesus you thought you'd check it out yourself. Some of you maybe you just have a bunch of Christian friends, some Christian neighbors, other people brought you here. But it's such an important thought when Paul says, look, I'm in jail so you can't live vicariously through my life. Like, well, yeah, I'm a follower of Paul and he has all these wonderful things. He goes, I'm in prison now. And he goes, now you've got to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Is it something about you? Do you? In fact, you've got to ask yourself, would I follow Jesus in spite, despite all these other people? What if your whole family and all the people that brought you to Jesus now say, you know what, we don't follow him anymore. I'm not a follower. I don't believe he really died on that cross. I don't believe in this one way he's going to the cross, man. There's a million different ways. What if everyone went that direction? What would you say? you and your own heart what is it your salvation or are you just following other people here this is so important this is this is so huge because guys at the end okay there's gonna come a point when you stand before god when you stand before jesus and the bible talks about two responses that he could give there's a one response where he says well done well done my good and faithful servant come and inherit the riches of the kingdom prepared for you from the beginning of the time come before the foundations of the earth I, I prepared this come come welcome well done or he says depart from me i never knew you i never knew you i knew your mom i knew your mom really well Your mom was a woman of God. She was an absolute saint. She walked with me, she talked with me. We had an incredible relationship. In fact, I knew your dad too. I knew your grandparents, you're great. You come from this wonderful lineage, I know them. I know your brothers or sisters. I know a lot of people from your church. I know these people, but depart from me because I never knew you. You never had a relationship with me. You yourself, it wasn't your own relationship. It wasn't your own salvation. You just kind of piggybacked on your mom, on your dad, your wife, whoever. And sometimes we find the safety. Oh, but I'm a part of Cornerstone Church, you know, and they do a bunch of radical things. In fact, Francis named all these things that all these people in the church did. Yeah, that's wonderful. But what about you? your own salvation, your own conviction. You guys, when you read this book, when you're alone, if you're ever alone with God, if that's even your desire, but when you spend time alone with God, it's no one else. I'm not there. It's not church time. It's just you because you so long for God and you have this own salvation before God. When you're with him and you read this book, do you, I yourself get convicted when you read this and go, you know what? I never heard this in church. I never see other people doing this, but God's speaking to me. I gotta do this. Like, I get convicted. See, when I'm alone with the word of God, that's the time I get most convicted. I enjoy sermons. I like reading books, whatever, but give or take it. But it's when I'm alone, like this week, when I'm looking at the word of God and going, man, there's stuff I gotta, gotta, I'm, I'm not, I'm not letting go of it, I gotta let go of it all. Like does that happen to you? Where God leads you, that's why I was so excited to hear of these different things. I love to hear of things happening in the church that the the church leadership did not instigate. Because it shows me that you're working out your own salvation with fear and trembling, that you're studying the word of God for yourself and going, you know what, they said this on Sunday and I looked at, it." it is what it says. I'm gonna go do this, I'm gonna go do that. And you come up with your own ideas, why? Because God's leading you, God's directing you. And, and I love this phrase, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. With fear and trembling. You work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I don't see a lot of fear and trembling in today's church do you? I I see a lot of arrogance when people talk about God but fear and trembling is something that's been lost in today's church and I'm praying God would use me in some way to bring it back because like scripture says it's a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of a living God and even as I read this passage this week I said God you know I do think I'm working out my own salvation. I think it's my deal, but I also don't see myself working it out with fear and trembling lately. I've lost some reverence, bring it back into my life, because I want this. I want to be working out my salvation, not casually, but with fear and trembling. And remember, why, why fear and trembling? Fear and trembling because, because of verse 11, what he said earlier, that he's going to come back and every knee is going to bow. Remember we looked at that and then we looked at the passage in Isaiah 45 where he says, I swear to you by my own name and when I say something, it's going to happen. Every knee is going to bow. And you go, okay, that causes a little fear and trembling. That's who I'm talking about here. Fear and trembling, I work out my own salvation. Now, now, don't get me wrong on this. I understand that i have a responsibility as your pastor and at times i haven't taken it seriously enough with that fear and trembling i understand that i will probably be judged more strictly than anyone in this room according to james that's just what i signed up for you know that's not real exciting to me okay That's not my favorite verse in the Bible. Um, So I understand I've got a responsibility to you to try to lead you into this right place before God. At the same time, when you stand before God, you're not going to be able to blame me. We're not allowed to play that game before God like you can't say well Francis never told me that okay I understand I'll 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 be judged before God, okay, and I'm gonna have to deal with that part But you yourself Need to understand that you've got your own relationship with God and You're not gonna be able to blame your parents Saying they never told me that they didn't lead me that way Because you've got the Word of God in your hands we live in a time that's different from any other time in history where at, the, at your fingertips you've got every commentary, you've got you know, every sermon, you, you, you've got everything at your disposal. And so you stand before God as, as to what he's given you. And you're accountable for that. And that's why he says, you work this out. You work out your own salvation. I'm working out mine. I'm going to try to figure this thing out and I'm doing it. I'm not, and I've been maybe too casual at times and I've confessed that before God. But just understand at the end, you're not going to go, ah, oh, see, it's his fault. Go talk to Francis. He never told me to do that. Because you know, here's the truth is I believe God's calling some of you to be far more radical than I am. And maybe he's taught you to do more and maybe you've read passages and go man I gotta take that literally I gotta walk in that don't put me up as the standard and say well I'm a little bit below him so that's a pretty good place to be <laughs> no you work out your own salvation before God and you do so with fear and trembling we do so with fear and trembling because look look what he says work out your salvation with fear and trembling why for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. See now for for a lot of you you'll read that phrase and go, "Well, that's not a big deal. That's nothing to tremble over that that God wants to work through me." Because again, that's a phrase that we throw out there pretty flippantly. It's like, "Ooh, that'd be neat if God worked through me. That'd be cool if God could use me. That'd be great if God could use me to serve in the church next year." Now, what the Bible says is, no, do you understand this? You should think about this with fear and trembling, thinking that God Almighty would actually use you as his vessel. I mean, think about this. You're talking about here's a being who spoke the world into existence. Okay, there was no earth and he spoke it into existence. There were no stars, he spoke them into existence. There was no life, he spoke it into existence. He, in the, you know, there, and, then, and then he floods the earth, he floods the earth. He's the one that, that has done so many things throughout history and then the Bible says that there's a possibility that now he, that God, the one that said earth and it showed up, okay, that being, Almighty God, sitting on his throne, angels screaming out his holiness, he actually might want to use this body right here on the stage. That same God from eternity past, the eternal God, now he's actually going to do something through this body? You've got to be kidding me. He's going to come in and inhabit this body, and there's something he wants to do, like he wants to make my body move. He wants to make my mouth speak. He wants to do something on this planet using this body. You've got to be kidding me. After all the stuff that I've done, all the mistakes I've made, all the sin in my life, now he's going to choose to use me because he has something he wants to do on this earth. And he, he might actually inhabit my body to do those things. The Bible says, look, you worked out your salvation with fear and trembling because God saved you to do something through you. And you ought to think, oh man, the God of the universe, are you kidding me? there ought to be this sense of awe that he would use me for his purposes, for his, both to will and to work, for his good pleasure. Do you understand that God has a desire for your life? That God actually wants to take your human body and do something with it, just like when he grabbed Moses and said, I'm gonna do something through you. I'm going to do something through you, see, because God has a pleasure, God has a plan. God's carrying out his plan on the earth right now, and he's using different human beings to do that, whether good or for evil. (coughs) Just like with Pharaoh, god that was all in God's plan somehow. God's going to use me, That's, that's just the craziest thought. I don't know what your plans are this next year, I believe they are massive, and that there's a sense in which I tremble over the thought of being used in his plan this year. I don't know if you read the news and just go, "Wow, this is a weird time. This is a crazy time. This could be it." But honestly, I do. This is nuts. All the things that are unfolding and you think, "Wow, well, God, you've got a plan and and it's your desire to use me." That's not something we should take casually the God of the universe inhabiting your body to use you. But that's something that we take with fear and trembling and we take very seriously. And don't underestimate what God might wanna do through you this year. We need to enter into this with some reverence and say, God, what are you gonna do through me this year? And start surrendering and honestly I'd love to stand up here and say, wow, that thought just got me so excited. But I've got to be honest and tell you that part of that thought got me very scared in an ungodly way. Whereas I tried to pray this week and say, God, I want to surrender everything. There's a part of me that got scared because I thought, well, what if you ask me to give up something that I don't want to give up. You see, you guys, a lot of you guys have been around for a while, and you've seen the way I've interacted in my relationship with God and the things that have changed over the years. And maybe it's more subtle to you, but I'm feeling it. And, and what I know is that early in my ministry, I really doubted uh, the Holy Spirit and His power. I, I just did. I was never really taught a whole lot about him, and I saw some of the stuff and the abuses out there, and I just questioned a lot of him. Like, that's just kind of weird. And and, and to the point where I even just neglected certain passages in Scripture because I didn't want to be like them, you know? And, And there's also some fear in me. There was like this fear of, well, what if I ask God To have his Holy Spirit move through me in a powerful way and what if what if nothing happens and so you almost want to cover for God and not ask for anything huge because he might not answer and I used to fear that way but if I have a fear now it's it's almost the opposite it's like well what if I ask God to direct me and he does And it's not really something I want to do. I mean, what if I'm studying the scriptures and he directs me or leads me in a certain way, and I really don't want to go there? And I start just thinking about the different things in my life that I'm afraid to let go of. And it's been a tough week of just surrendering with fear and trembling and saying, no, God, you know what? I want to be like Christ and yeah, if there's any other way, do it that way. But if this is what needs to be done, then this is what needs to be done. And to come under and surrender with the fear and trembling. Because what if you pray to God and he asks and he does direct you. I don't know how he does that. I just know when he does for me. And what if God directed you and said, you know what? I want you to wake up a half hour earlier than you were planning on every day to be alone with me. What if he directed you that way for those who love your sleep or staying up late at night? Would you really surrender that with fear and trembling? What if God directed you to say, in you know, 2009, no movies? I want you more in my word, no television. I want you in my word. There's things that are just too sacred for you to give up. I started surrendering different things my recreation. if God told me, no surfing, no golfing? I'm not saying he's going to do these things. You just have to say, no, I, I, I could do that. And, and you can't get in your mind and go, well, he would never ask for that. Yeah, it's not like him to ask for everything. <laughs> but just to surrender and to say, well, I mean, honestly, for you, what what if God saying he wants you to adopt a foster kid this year or a couple of them? What do you do there? No, he would never... Let's just not go there yet and just surrender what if he wants you to leave your job what if he asks you to move what if he wants you serving in the inner city what if he wants you this afternoon to talk to every single person on your block and knock on their doors I, I, I don't know what God's gonna lead you to do I'm just saying do you work it out your own salvation, and don't rely on your husband. Don't rely on your wife. Don't go, well, my husband hasn't led me there. Well, you know what? Maybe God's leading you there. Well, well but no one from up front. And The pastor's Francis, you never told... You know what? You, you got to stand before God one day, and so you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, and I'll deal with my issues. But we all have to come before God and say, okay, what do you want of me, almighty God. I, I believe that God has all sorts of plans for Cornerstone Church this year. And I don't even know what they all are. Um, because usually God doesn't tell you everything in advance. He doesn't tell you the whole story. And it's, and it's his pleasure. It's his will. It wasn't like Abraham woke up one day and said, you know what I want to do? I want to be the father of this whole nation I want to father two sons I want Isaac to be this promised child I want to start the whole Jewish nation there isn't even such thing as a Jewish nation but I'm going to start it and so God would you bless my efforts no that's not what happens God has a will God has a plan and says Abraham you leave just start walking I'm not even going to tell you where you're going that would drive some of you nuts did you know that Abraham at that time didn't have medical insurance or a 401k? <laughs> the nerve of God to say, just pick up and leave. thats crazy. That's the way God works. And I don't know what he's calling us to do this year, but I believe that this is it. And I just want to have peace that I've surrendered and going god this may look dumb to all the other churches in america i may look like a fool in front of all the other speakers and whatever else but i got to let go of all of that and just say god whatever whatever your will and at times my pleasure is going to go against yours but i want you to win and i want to work this thing out because i'm going to stand before you and come on let's 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 face it i'm i'm looking at my own life And going, I cannot believe I am 41 years old. I just can't even believe it. I just go, man, life, I'm just, I'm already looking, I'm on the backside, you know? That's just the way I look at it and go, this is getting closer and closer. It's inevitable. What's going to happen? And some of you guys go, wait, I'm over 80, so I'm dead already. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, I do want you to think, though. I do want some of you to think. Man, this is serious stuff. You are going to stand before God any second. And there may have been some things that God has shown you in his word, but you find comfort in the complacency of the church. And you go, well, I'm better than them. But you guys, you're not going to be judged against someone else. You're going to stand before God. And it's about your own salvation and what he's led you to do. And my job is just to tell you, don't let anyone hold you back. You work out your own salvation, despite what anyone else tells you. Even if they tell you it's ridiculous, it's overboard, it's too much. You know what God has spoken to you through his word, and you pursue that 100%, not casually, but with fear and trembling. And what I'm going to do for you right now is I'm going to give you some time to do that. I'm going to have uh, Nathan come up and just play softly on the keyboard and give you some time alone with God because I've prayed for this time right here. I've prayed that God might speak to some of you in this room through the preaching of his word, through his Holy Spirit, that maybe he brings to mind certain things in your life that you know he wants you to change and you haven't yet. And I'm just saying, let go. Let's keep in step with the Spirit. What is God calling you to do today today? Keep in step with the Spirit of God. What does he want you to do today when you leave church? Work it out. Have God open your eyes to how he's leading you today. Just just bow your heads And just ask God to bring to mind scripture thoughts actions And maybe you need prayer. There'll be people in the prayer room to pray with you. Maybe your action is to get baptized today. There'll be people up here who'll baptize you. But just spend some time right now working out your own salvation with fear and trembling.